morning, sir. Ooh, I lost track of time. I was like throwing my pajamas off and <laughs> just getting here. <laughs> I got my little Christmas mug today. Let's oh, go. nice. Charlie Brown? <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> I got one of my dad's Bible verse mugs. Oh, that's nice. Pastor, pastor on it? Pastor. It, that's a good pastor. mug. Patty will like this mug. <laughs> I like that mug. I think that's you awesome. Like that mug? <laughs> some people call me pastor, which is just a foreign word for me, but yeah. some people really like that word. It's really important to them. You're like, pastor? Oh, no, no, no. Please call me guru. <laughs> <laughs> call me enlightened one channel for your good. <laughs> call me lord or master. Either one's fine. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the lesson. I passed to you, brother. Cool. <clears throat> so yeah, today's lesson is really, really good. 328, I choose the second place to gain the first. I love all the biblical themes that it uses. I and do too. It really like transforms them in this way. Well, so it expands cool. me because of my conditioning. That's what I love. Whenever conditioning changes, expands, or releases, it's such a great feeling. Yeah. Well, because like, you know, the stuff Jesus was teaching in the Gospels has so much of a deeper meaning than, you know, Western religion is understood. And so the course really pulls out these really deep enlightenment teachings from Christ, which I just think is so cool. Yes. So it says, what seems to be the second place is first. For all things we perceive are upside down until we listen to the voice for God. What an amazing opening line. Mm-hmm. It seems that we will gain autonomy, but by our striving to be separate and that our independence from the rest of God's creation is the way in which salvation is obtained. Yet all we find is sickness, suffering, and loss and death. This is not what our Father wills for us, nor is there any second to his will. To join with his is but to find our own. And since our will is his, it is to him that we must go to recognize our will. There is no will but yours, and I am glad that nothing I imagine contradicts what you would have me be. It is your will that I be wholly safe, eternally at peace. And happily I share that will which you, my father, gave as part of me. So again, I just love the way the course describes the ego's thought system so well. Mm -hmm. Because you read it and you go, yeah, that's totally the way my mind believes reality works. Um, it seems that we will gain autonomy, but by our striving to be separate. So it's like, yeah, can I see that part of my mind that thinks I'll find happiness, fulfillment in life, whatever, by more separation from it, you know, bend life to my will, make it happen the way I want it to happen, step over whoever's in my way. You know, there's a part of all of us in our mind that believes that's true. And so, you know, we come to these lessons, to this course, to all spiritual truth for the purpose of reconditioning the mind, training the mind not to see that way. Because the mind is, you know, a humble servant in a sense. Uh, it's just here to reflect you. But it did come with a default operating mode built in, right? Like a built-in software um, called the ego that's uh, designed to create separation. And that's because that's the way we survived evolutionarily for hundreds of thousands of years. 
as hunter-gatherers and in tribes and creating social hierarchies. That was the way human humanity sort of began, was by creating separation from one another. And that's third density consciousness. So nothing to hate or despise about that. That's just one of the levels consciousness has to move through, one of the grades it has to go through. But now we're at this point of moving into a fourth density consciousness where all of that is irrelevant to our survival and only creates suffering, only holds us back from our next evolutionary destiny, sort of like the monkey's tail, right? At a certain point in our evolution, we had to discard that because it just doesn't serve us anymore. So I think that's the best way we can look at the ego is that in our very, very primitive animalistic mind, you know, maybe a million years ago as ego was forming, it had a purpose, otherwise it wouldn't exist, right? And it's given us a lot of good things, technology and whatnot, but now it's outlived its usefulness. It's played its part in the evolutionary journey. And we are at that precipice of taking that leap beyond it. And that leap has to come through what we <laughs> jokingly were talking about at the opening, um, humility. It has to come through humility mm -hmm. because humility is like that energy that heals us from the separated mind and all of the, the division it's created between us and life. You know, humility says, no, 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 I'll take the second place, give someone else the first place because I'm not um, the supreme, most important being in the universe anymore. I'm not going to play that role anymore. The world doesn't revolve around me. And, uh, you know, it feels really awful to the ego to do that. But man, it's such good medicine for your spirit because I love that line. Um, All things we perceive are upside down until we listen to the voice for God. Mm -hmm. That upside down is like separation versus oneness, like two sides of a coin. Like you can only have one side facing up at a time. You choose one or the other, as the course says, they don't agree with one another at all. They cancel one another out. So you have to make that choice, right? And um, I think that we start to see along this journey that resisting life is that insanity. It's a, it's a kind of insanity that has been born into the mind of separation that you know reality itself is my enemy what's more insane than that right <laughs> truthfully right you are reality like where else did you come from so the source which made you now wants to torment you and make your life hell like that's a very insane insidious belief to hold but we hold it very subtly right we don't even know we're holding that belief because it's that default operating mode that just it reacts to life that way so we, in our awareness, have to become aware of that. We go, hmm, something doesn't seem right about this reaction. And um, through that humility, you become increasingly aware of that voice of insanity, right? That's what humility does for you is it says, hey, check out that guy upstairs. You might want to investigate that one. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, maybe all of my suffering is not coming from life, but from that voice that's constantly fighting against life. It's like, hmm, we're starting to pick up some clues, right? And really, all you have to do is see it. There's really nothing else you ever have to do, but just become aware of it. Because by seeing it, that voice of insanity, of separation, of pride and arrogance, when you see that voice in you more and more, it will call out the right response in you. Just naturally, right? Because it's who you are. Your true nature is pure and innocent and free. And so it just isn't, it's not in accordance with that voice of insanity. And it'll you'll feel that inside your being when you become aware of that. You're like, man, it just, it, it feels wrong to complain about this situation. Yep, it's challenging. Yep, it's uncomfortable. Yep, it's not what I prefer. 
But to complain about it and get angry about it and sit here pouting about it, something about that just feels wrong. I can't do that anymore. Mm. And we kind of lose the ability to resist life. And then the next step comes where you start saying, all right, I'm going to ask what the lesson is here. Life, what are you trying to show me right now? Or God, what is your will for me in this moment? How can I respond to this like love would respond to it? And um, that's where those are the real barometers to me of spiritual evolution. When you see, when you notice those responses happening in you automatically in challenging situations, yes. you're just going to that recognition of, okay, life, what are you teaching me today? That's the ultimate flagship, the ultimate attestment that you are truly evolving spiritually. Yeah, yeah. Remember our um, video we made last year when we did that roll of paper and we just threw it down? That's, oh, yeah. what I, that's what I feel like. I'm like, okay, let me go back to like, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. Then you go to your next one. I'm like, I got 10 things in my head. <laughs> let me look at my huge list. I got to let you jump in a little sooner. No, no, no. It's so good. It's so good. I think I love all that you share. Um, I think it's so, so profound. I think I'll just add some of my thoughts and we'll see where we go. I think this is a phenomenal oneness lesson. And yet, okay. and yet, it says I need but call or um oh I'm on the wrong one. Wait a minute. I don't know how that happened. Come on, baby. <laughs> there we go. I choose the second place to gain the first. Isn't that interesting? The whole yeah. course is about oneness, and there's only one will, one will that says, Oh, by the way, choose the second place. And it's totally the ego. It's totally to flip the ego. The concession over. to your ego. It says, the choose what you think is the second place. Exactly. You that you'll realize, oh, this was the first place. It's brilliant. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so brilliant. And the first two words are so key. I choose it. So it's waiting for us yeah. to make the choice to become humble to what exactly you spoke to so beautifully. It The, the universe is not going to manipulate. There is no power outside that is holding you. It's just lovingly waiting for this very, very powerful choice that, as you spoke so well to, once this choice is made and really embodied and welcomed inside of you, I think, I think we really fast track awakening or it, it fast tracks our, our awakening in, in such a powerful way. And, and the other thing that comes to mind on this lesson is I'm just thinking back, it was like, and this is all of us, I believe, in some way or another, you know, I remember, you know, being in a spelling bee, and it was against me and this other guy, we were the last two left. It was like, if I don't win this, then I'm a complete failure. You know, I remember going to piano competition, and, and I got first place, it was like this big deal. And I would like the whole I can look back at my whole life, the, the softball league, the, the competitions, the, the auditioning for roles in my other career, like, always, always, always be number one, be number one, be number one. That is what the ego's world is made of. And that's what our education system is made of. That's what so many systems are, are made of. And I bring that up to just say, in the ego's world, in the separated self, it's deeply ingrained. It, it's deeply ingrained. So even when we say, yes, I choose second, that's a wonderful beginning for sure. But the humility is going to go, and all, even all that is within me that I don't even know is still wanting, you know, it's, it's recognition. It's, you know, it, the yeah. part that says, if I give you this 
and I'm second, then I lose. That's really right. what, that's really what, how the ego will, will get you. If you, there's yeah. not enough. And so if you give up, if you are second place, you know, you can, the ego will go, okay, you can be mother Teresa for a while, or you can be these humble servants. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it'll try to make that sexy for a moment, but it'll flip on you again. If we don't truly embody right. the surrender here. And the reason it's oneness teaching so powerfully, even though it says take the second place is because there is no second. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist in oneness. Right. It's just that your perception is upside down. Right. Exactly. Authority for author problem, authorship problem. Right. Well, the second place is like, I'm in first place because I'm me and everything revolves around me. Yeah. And the universe is second to me. It should do what I want it to do. And if it doesn't, I'm going to fight against it and make it do what I want to do. Yes. Good. That's, that's how the mind gives the second place to life. And so this lesson's like, no, take that second place where you, you see life as more important than you and you listen to life rather than making life listen to you. Like do that. And then you'll start to realize, oh, this is the winner's circle. Like this is the podium, baby, the trophy winner. <laughs> but you have to do it enough to see the proof of it, right? And absolutely. I go back to again the the story of Jesus. Um, I think it was just a parable he was telling. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. But he was, maybe it was on the Sermon on the Mount, actually. But he's like, you know, when you're at a, when you're invited to a nice banquet, take the lowest seat at the table first. Mm -hmm. um, because if you take the highest seat at the table, the master of the banquet might humiliate you by saying, please move over for my favorite person. You go sit a few seats down, you know. But if you take the lowest seat, probably the opposite will happen where the master will say, hey, you don't sit down there. Come sit closer to me. Yeah. And then yeah. you'll be honored in front of everyone. And well, like, whoa, what an amazing teaching about how life works. So good. And you're just helping, like you're helping me add something to it. Staying in that analogy or that story, you're taking the lowest seat versus the number one seat. The number one seat suddenly you're having to defend, you're having to protect, you're having to maintain yeah. and look out for what's coming to take your spot. The lowest seat, yeah. open, curious, what's possible here. What defenseless, what's here for me, like the, the opportunity to really meet life and enjoy life when you're not defending a seat is so much greater, you know, exponentially greater. Yeah, that's good. I really like that. Last thing I'll add to it is in the prayer part. I just think this is wonderful for us to pull out. Nothing I imagine contradicts what you would have me be. So mm. no matter what the imaginings are, no matter what the mind is doing, it's not going to ultimately impact the truth of your position of, of what has been given you. The, 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 the goodness and God's will cannot be harmed, injured, affected in any way by the ego's imaginings. So, I mean, we talk about that a lot too, because, you know, People recognize the ego's thoughts, and then they take the next ego move. Oh, I feel so bad about it. I feel guilty, right? They, they personalize it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a trap you never get out of once, once you're in it. The ego's game is just always a losing game. Yeah. Because even when it seems like you win the game, you can't, your ego won't even let you enjoy it because there's someone else coming for your spot, like you said. So, so you've got to always be on the defense. And it's like, what an exhausting way to live your life. Yeah. From, from God's thought system, you live in effortless, defenseless peace because exactly. there's nothing to protect. 
you know, your identity comes from your source, not from your own willpower and effort. So there's nothing for you to do to sustain it. You know, I am as God created me. It's just the knowledge of what is. And from that knowledge, you know, you recognize oneness. You just lose the ability to resist life because you realize when I honor life, life honors me. It's just yeah. the way it is. When I choose that lowest seat and say, life, you're the supreme guru. You teach me your ways. You show me the path. Life says, please come sit closer to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how do we honor life in that analogy of that Christ story is pay attention to it. You know, listen to it. That's something you do to someone you love, right? You listen to them. Yes. And they talk um, and, and follow what it's pointing you to do. You know, obey its lessons, obey its pointings. If it's showing you something in you that needs some correction, some balance, then ask for the balance, right? Ask for the awareness. Yeah. And you slowly get into this place where you just, you instantly recognize whatever happens is God's will. Period. Period. Whatever happens is karma unfolding, which is AKA the will of God. And man, there's just no better place to live your life from than feeling deeply on an intuitive level that life is my best friend. Yeah. Life is supporting me. Like can't imagine the peace and the joy that comes with when you know life as not your enemy, but your friend. And I think the reason we have a hard time, Mark, accepting that life is our best friend and is supporting us is because when we hear things like, you know, there's just God's will and you better figure out what God's will is and obey that because your will doesn't exist. The ego resists that because it, the ego just always thinks in terms of, of linearity and cause and effect. So if something challenging is happening in my life, <clears throat> let's say I go through a painful breakup or something, and then Mark or Aaron on a lesson says, there's only God's will, just sub submit to God's will and you'll see that's what you really want. It gives the ego this picture that like God's will from eons ago in time was like, how do I get Aaron into a painful breakup that just crushes his spirit, you know, makes him cry, be depressed for months. That's my will. I want him to suffer. And so we take whatever is happening in this moment, like God's will is me to suffer. And it's not like that, right? It's so much more, it's nonlinear. So it doesn't apply to cause and effect. Yeah. It's a lot more like um, a story that came to mind was uh, when I was in high school, I was a sophomore, freshman and sophomore. I played baseball. I played t-ball growing up. Um, and baseball was kind of like the sport in my family because my grandpa played baseball. All uh, my dad and his brother, Chris, played baseball. And so when it's time for me to play sports, they put me in t-ball and then baseball and <clears throat> in a high school and I played outfield in t-ball. And so in high school, my coach, for whatever reason, wanted me at shortstop and I wasn't used to taking grounders. I was used to the outfield. And if you've ever played baseball, then you know that, you know, uh, a grounder coming at you at 70 to hundred miles an hour off of a bat can be kind of scary. <laughs> And you're like, it's going to hit bounce and hit me in the face. And your, your body's freaking out and you're trying to block yourself and you're not going to catch the ball when you have that fear. Right. And I, I could never get past the fear. And I was just getting humiliated in practice because every time a ball would come my way, I would just whiff and it would go past me. So I told my dad about that. And um, he was like, well, we got to practice, you know? So he took me to the park and he was throwing grounders at me for, you know, hours and trying to teach me how to do it. And I was whiffing and whiffing. And it was like, I was getting more embarrassed because I could not get over this fear that this ball was going to bounce up and knock my tooth out or something. And he was just encouraging me and, and throwing, he started slower and he would speed up again. But 
basically he made me catch grounders for like an hour and I wanted to stop. And I was like, please dad, I hate this so much. I don't even want to play baseball anymore. But my dad knew that like, once I get past this hurdle, I'm going to love baseball. Mm. You know, once I can catch the grounder. So he just kept throwing these grounders at me and I slowly started to catch them. And it was, the fear was dissolving slowly, but surely. And so like in that moment, I could have been like, why does my dad want me to suffer? Why is he putting me through this? You know, but if I can see with the eyes of humility, then I know I, I must trust in my father's love. I can't be so insane as to think my dad just wants to torture me right now. There must be something good in this my dad knows about that I'm not aware of, right? It's going to be for my highest good. So I just kept catching the grounders, even though it was not fun and it was embarrassing. <clears throat> and eventually, you know, I overcame that fear and was able to play backup on shortstop at least. And so that's kind of how God's will works, right? It's like what's happening in this moment doesn't mean that God's entire plan of the universe was to get you into this challenging, painful outcome. It's like, no, I've made mistakes in my life that God's allowed me to make from my free will, but God wants to heal my mistakes from my past. God wants to correct my vision. So yes. that means I have to re-experience the consequences of that negative karma that I put out into the universe. And that's God's will only to the effect to get me to freedom and peace of mind. So it's like my father's will and throwing those baseballs at me, right, was not to hurt me or embarrass me. It was to evolve me and expand me. And that's what he always wanted for me. But he had to put me through a challenging circumstance. So it's like, can we always see life that way where we just the humility in us says, yes, life, you know, you are my guru. I, I, I devote myself to you. I surrender to you. Whatever you do must be for my highest good. Like that's the second place I think the lesson is pointing to. And very quickly, I'm telling you, when you live your life from that disposition, you will start to realize, oh, baby, I'm in the first, I'm at the right hand seat. Like this is the favor spot, the favor zone. This is where I want to be. But it took you humility, right? To first be able to see that. Yes, yes. I have a vision of the L2C softball team and we'll be like, we're number two. We're number two. We're number two. <laughs> That'll be our chant. And no one will get it. No one will get it, but we'll get we'll, it. We'll throw them off their game immediately. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take this in, shall we? <laughs>